gentlemen, welcome to the KCB Music Den podcast. As always, I am Kilo, joined by Charlie and Bravo. You have clicked on episode six, and this week we are going to tackle the legendary group, the Eagles. Uh, You know, I've always loved the Eagles' music, and I've always had a theory about why the Eagles were so popular. Um, So bear with me a moment here. I think probably two of the best-selling and also most popular and highly regarded bands of all time could be argued are the Beatles and the Eagles, especially if you just want to talk about raw numbers and sales. Um, I have always thought the main reason for that is because you had multiple songwriters, multiple lead singers, so there's something for everyone. Um, just like with the Beatles, with the Eagles, you've got Glenn Fry people, you got Don Henley people, you got Joe Walsh people, you got Randy Meisner people. Um, so it's you know you really have a lot to choose from, and some people like me love all the singers, love all the writers, and think they work really well together. Like this might seem like a weird example from like. 90s rock but for example a band like bush like you either like bush or you don't if you like the way gavin rossdale writes the songs and you like the way he sings then you're a bush fan if you don't there's nothing there for you there's nothing else to choose from so with the eagles you got a lot to choose from as far as the writers the vocalists who all do lead and harmony vocals extremely well um so that's always been my theory about why the eagles have been so successful and and revered um, you had a buffet of singers, and Americans love buffets. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Um, all right. Well, I think we should just get started. There's a lot to talk about here, so yeah. I'm going to send it over to Charlie. And how are you going to open your perfect Eagles album, my friend? Let's get it started. Well, uh, first off, I want to just say that I was introduced to the Eagles at a young age by my parents. Uh, my parents were huge Eagles fans. Um mm. Apparently, I don't remember this, but when I was around seven or eight, I would sing Heartache Tonight while swinging on my swing set (laughs) at the top of my lungs as a child. Their (laughs) harmonies for me are really what I appreciate about this band. Like you said, uh, all, all, all of them sing harmoniously very, very well. They also blurred the lines between country rock and folk. Um... You know, and again, we kind of talked about this in advance, you know, like the band, um, some other, um, who else did we say? Graham, Graham Parsons. Graham Parsons. Yeah. Poco. You know, yep. Poco, yeah. yeah. Just that, you know, fusion. And I think, again, that's what made them so popular because country music has always been popular in this country. But again, they, they only released seven studio albums, which just completely surprised me Was I was diving into these albums. So for my number one, um, I am going to the album one of these nights and like i do with all of my opening songs now this song (laughs) especially is a complete instrumental oh (laughs) oh oh i think i know what you're gonna do go ahead and it's journey of the sorcerer wow wow interesting opener yeah no kidding yeah i mean you know, as I've said, like I like instrumentals before I like to before I kick in the you know kick into songs or <laughs> singing for my first um, song on my albums. But this song, uh, when I listened to it, and I don't know if I had listened to it before we had dove into these um, Eagles albums, so 
it's like I said, all instrumental. It's got this Middle Eastern kind of country, kind of psychedelic kind of feel to it, which is a little bit different for them as well. And then the orchestra kicks in, and then at the, the at the end of the song, the last thirty minutes, there's just this beautiful violin. Um, and for me, yeah, it, it for a band that is so popular, my thinking was let's throw let's throw the album for a loop here. Throw a song out there that again has no lyrics, has no singing, which is such a <laughs> staple of the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, wow. But it really showcases their musicianship. And again, for me, it just felt like a natural first song off my album. So, bravo. What you got <laughs> got to start album? calling you Curveball Charlie. Yeah, no God. kidding, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, for me, this is now week number two in a row where I came into a band with less knowledge than the two that I'm working with here. Um, last week, we did The Doors, which, go check it out if you haven't, um, was, again, a learning experience. And this is... This, again, was me sifting through albums that I've never heard before. Um, I kind of wrote the band off after a few singles that I was not particularly fond of, but I found a lot of things I really enjoy. So I'm looking forward to diving in here, like I said, as a new, a new Eagles fan. That's you know, show you what I'm doing. Exactly. Yep. Um, my first track's coming off Hotel California, and it's Try and Love Again. Ooh. Um, it's Randy, Randy Meisner on lead vocals, which I, I did not realize how many people sang in this band yeah. coming yeah. into it. I mean, this is like the Beatles. Everybody here can do something. So <laughs> yeah. Randy Meisner's lead vocals on this track. Um, and if I, you guys might know if this is true or not, I read it, but I didn't want to do too much research, but it states this was never performed live, the song. I believe that. Is that, that. you think that's true? Yeah. Okay. okay, I mean, I found that very fascinating mm-hmm. that this is a, a song I've heard and it's yet never been performed live. Yeah. My favorite line from it is, one by one, lonely feelings come. Day by day, they slowly fade away. thought it was just fantastic writing. Mm. Song. All right. Over to you, Kilo. Excellent choice. Wow, folks. So, so far, we're starting off with an <laughs> instrumental song and a Randy Meisner vocal. Wow. Yeah. Did not see either of those coming, but as I always say, I love them. Love the creativity. Um, and again, I'm doing it again, folks. I feel like I keep starting these albums off with like a super obvious pick. But as I said it before, I'll say it again. I want that first song to be, there's no way that someone would hear my first track and say, nah, I don't want to listen to the rest of this album. I want to grab them, you know, obvious choice or not. So I'm going right to the opening track on their debut album. My number one song is Take It Easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Jackson Brown, as many of you may know, was writing this song in his apartment in Los Angeles when his upstairs neighbor told him that the song was great. And his neighbor actually came up with the lyrics for the second verse. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford slowing down to take a look at me. I should probably mention that his upstairs neighbor was Glenn Fry. (laughs) Uh, Now, this song embodies everything that is great about the band, their mellow vibes, the great melody, the killer harmonies. Um, and Fry has been quoted as saying that the message of this song is, you shouldn't get too big too fast. Well, that's ironic, because this song put them through the stratosphere right from the word go. They were a big sensation with their first album. Rightfully so. Um, So, yeah, as on the nose as it may seem again from Kilo here, uh, my opening track to my perfect Eagles album is the classic song, Take It Easy. Over to Charlie. 
Curveball, Charlie. All right. <laughs> so after throwing you the curveball at number one with Journey of the Sorcerer, I uh, I went back to a little bit more. You might have heard this song before. It's hmm. off of Hotel California. And that's Hotel California. Yeah, I've heard it. Um, there's really not much to say about this song. <laughs> what do you say? Interesting, though, tidbit. This won, actually, the 1977 Grammy for Record of the Year. But because Don Henley did not believe in contests, they did not show up to accept the award or perform. Hmm. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Didn't know that. <laughs> it's also a song about a journey from innocence to experience. Which I think, if you think about that, is a really, really powerful statement, right? Because when, you, when you're young... You know, everything is new to you and you, you know, there's just this air of like, oh, well, let's try it. And, you know, nothing's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be hurt or, you know, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, you know, like you start to, again, you, you have life events and things happen. And so then you kind of have this perspective of, okay, like now that I'm at this place in my life, I've learned from my, from, from my mistakes. I've learned from, you know, my successes. But again, this song, it's quintessential Eagles and it was kind of a, a reverse of going with song one. <laughs> it had to go with something obvious, and that's Hotel California at number two. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, if that's the meaning behind it, it makes you wonder what's happening at that hotel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a place to be. I don't know. Mirrors on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, <folks>. really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. So, again, I'm new. So, a lot of these picks may make you scratch your head. Um, <laughs> my number two is from their debut album, Eagles. It's Train Leaves Here This Morning. Mm, um, this one has Bernie Leadon on lead vocals. Mm-hmm. And the song is just simply about divorce. Um, I thought the, the line was fascinating where he says, I lost 10 points for being exactly in the right place at the wrong time. Thought, what a, what a, what a great... Anybody who's been in that kind of relationship knows exactly what he meant when he said that. Yeah. So, just like the, like the sound of it, like, like Charlie alluded to, very country rock sound. So, mm-hmm. to me, that kind of lends to what I enjoy. So, number two, I'm going with that. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I'm already starting to see here that this, uh, a lot of my picks are going to seem like really because a lot of the a lot of my picks are are, are well known songs, but uh, it just nothing wrong with that. Flowed together well the way my album went, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just I just love a lot of their singles. Um, so that being said, my number two, I'm going with the title track from their fourth album. So my number two is one of these nights. Um, now this song started with Glenn Fry writing on the piano and then Don Henley helped him finish the song and it took shape and that's how a lot of their writing ended up going. It's a great songwriting team. You know, you always hear about Lennon McCartney and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, but you know, Glenn Fry and Don Henley really need to be mentioned mm-hmm. as one of the most successful and, um, just wow, greatest songwriting teams, yeah. duos, um, along with Daryl Hall and John Oates, of course, one of my all time favorites. Um, now this song has an R&B feel to it. You know, Glenn Fry actually loved Al Green and Otis Redding, and it shows up in this song. And, uh, according to his friend, actually, his friend Bob Seeger mentioned <laughs> in an interview how much Glenn Fry loved, uh, the R&B sound, which found its way into this song. Now, their new guitarist at the time, he was new, Don Felder, wrote the signature opening bass line to this song and then taught it to bassist Randy Meisner. Um, Don Felder also laid down a killer guitar solo to this song. It's just blistering. So my number two is One of These Nights.
Over to Charlie. All right. So mm-hmm. my number three <laughs> is a song off their album, The Long Run. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it in my intro as a song that I sang on my swing set. Oh. <laughs> and that's Heartache Tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, just a banger. I, I just, I again, I always loved this song, obviously, since a child. Um, you just said about Bob Seger. So Bob Seger actually came up with the chorus for this oh, wow. song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be a heartache tonight. Yeah. Um, love the drumming, the harmony, the, the, the guitar work in this song. Um, yeah, again, it's just one of my favorite songs that they do. Um, also an interesting side note is that Bob Seger actually played this at a memorial service for Glenn Fry in mm. 2016. Mm-hmm. And he said he was always a positive force in my life. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea of, of the relationship that Seeger and um, Glenn Fry had. But yeah, just a great song and, and kind of to steal page from Bravo again, like you want to kind of have a banger at your three or four spot and Heartache Tonight for me is definitely fits the bill. I can picture a young Charlie wildly swinging on the swing sets, singing "Somebody's Gonna Hurt Someone." That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the visuals! I could picture that too. Oh, oh man! My. I digress. Go ahead, Bravo. Bravo, what you got? All right, for number three, um, this is a song off what I come to, and again, I don't look into what people will say as far as their favorite albums and stuff when I don't know a band. I enjoy going in blind. Mm. This became my favorite album and I'm not sure how it's looked upon by Eagles fan, but On the Border oh. is oh, by far my favorite Eagles album. It's highly album. regarded. It is. Okay, yeah. good to hear. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I found this song and just absolutely fell in love with it called My Man. Oh. And it made me laugh because you guys don't know, but we <coughs> will text each other throughout the week and just kind of go, man, this song or hey, this is funny, this album, you know, because... We're all doing this all at the same time. And Charlie had mentioned, you know, the Eagles being a country rock band and were they the first to really do this. And I said, no, you know, Graham Parsons, I believe, was the, you know, the guy who spirited the whole idea of mm-hmm. country rock. And this song is actually about him. Bernie Leadon wrote this song as a tribute that's, to Graham Parsons. Uh, um, that's so cool. He wrote the lyrics, like a flower he bloomed till that old hickory wind called him home. Uh, Which is, if do you know what that would be from? Oh, uh, the song Hickory Wind from oh, the yeah, Eagles, yeah. Sweetheart yeah. of the Rodeo, which is oh, a yeah, yeah. Graham Parsons song. So the birds. I thought, how fascinating, you know, the Eagles touched on Graham Parsons, which we kind of had that debate, you know, going into it. So number three, my man. Mm. Wow. How are you, Keelan? All right. That's great. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is great. Well, now you just mentioned On the Border, right? Yes. All right. Well, Love that my, album. my number three, I'm going to On the Border as well. Ah. But I'm going with a song that was not written by any member of the Eagles. Uh-oh, this might be on mine later on, I got a feeling. Do you have a guess? <laughs> Old 55? Old 55. Yep. All right. <laughs> We're revealing some stuff that's going to happen later, folks. But, you know, uh, number three for me is Old 55. Um, now, as you nice. probably know, mm-hmm. um, this song was written by Tom Waits. Who I absolutely love. Yeah, Tom yeah. Waits is great. Um, he wrote it in 1973, and it was included on his debut album, Closing Time. Um, now, Glenn Fry and Don Henley share the lead vocal duties on this song, which is, it just works so well. They, they do a lot, a ton of harmony throughout their career, but not often did they have two different members sing lead parts on the same song, which is a very creative thing to do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works extremely well on this song. Uh, there is an amazing pedal steel guitar 
for this song, and it was recorded by Al Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the lyrics in this song, especially the chorus. And this is just simply about a man and his love for a car. And, you know, the, and the lyrics in the chorus, and now the sun's coming up. I'm riding with Lady Luck, freeway, cars, and trucks. Yep. It's just beautiful. You tip your hat to Tom Waits. Yep. Um, and uh, actually, Tom Waits, I, I believe I had read that he really didn't like the Eagles version. He called it antiseptic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. So, yeah, yeah. Not a fan, no. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, with all respect to Tom Waits, <laughs> I absolutely love what the Eagles did with Old 55. And I loved it enough for it to make it onto my album. So my number three is Old 55 over to Curveball Charlie. Artistic, I'll stop calling you that. Artistic <laughs> interpretation. Yes. Right? Yeah, exactly. So my number four um, is actually, I go back to the long run. Um, mm. So back-to-back mm. long runs. Um, and that is a song called Those Shoes. Ooh. Don Felder and Joe Walsh on this song did a double talk box guitar solo, which was very unusual for that time frame. Um, yep. And I did a little research on the talk box, which is the same thing that um, Peter Frampton Exactly. Yep. When, on Frank, Frampton Comes Alive. Wah, wah, wah. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's just a different song for them. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just love the, the rhythm. I love the. Um, and then the, 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 my favorite lyric in the song is Desperation in the Singles Bars and all those jerk offs in their fancy cars. <laughs> you can't believe your reviews. Oh. Just a great song, um, and that's why I had it my number four. Bravo, what you got? My number four is coming from the debut album again, Eagles. Um, I always like to have something that's high pace, you know, catch the listener by the ear. I put Take the Devil at number four. Ah, nice. Ooh. I just, I love the driving Back sound. To the first album. It has a very yeah. driving, almost had like an 80s power rock feel to me when it first mm-hmm. comes on. Um, <laughs> and the line, the devil prays on runaways, he's never far away. I mean, I just, Something about that song is just a real good catch, kicking the kicking the face, starting number four. So, figured I'll roll there. Eagles number two with wow. "Take the Devil." Excellent. Wow. Over to you, Kilo. Wow. This it's almost like he's he's <laughs> trying to avoid the hits. Well, that's not even about, like I said. I went in completely blind to yeah. this band, so I yeah. don't know if these are even hits because afterwards I didn't go back and look to see what is people's opinions on these songs yeah, or these yeah, albums. Yeah. I figured I'd come here and find out from you guys yeah. really well, I, how far I, off I like base that. I am. Actually, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's not even off base at all. It's, okay. just, it's just what you like. Um, and it's it's refreshing because if you're coming in, you've only heard some of mm-hmm. the, you know, a few hits on the radio, you didn't know the band as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool because you have a fresh set yep. of ears yeah, and you're not... Perspective. That's where I'm coming yeah. from on this. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, guided Hopefully people, by... our fans will appreciate that too. Yeah, yeah. coming from a different angle. Definitely. Um, well, I'm interested to see if anyone has a song on their perfect album from this album. I think maybe you will. Okay. It might even be this song. I don't know. But um, I went to their 2007 album, mm. Long Road Out of Eden, for my number four song. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, I went back to even before they wrote their uh, first album, and you'll see what I mean in a moment. But my number four is a song called How Long. Now, this song was actually written in 1969 by their friend J.D. Souther, who was also a musician from California. Mm -hmm. Now, the Eagles performed the song live for several years, 
at the start of their career, but they never recorded it because Souther recorded it for his debut album. And back at that time, it wasn't as common to have multiple versions of the same song. Of course, you know, also being released at the same time and kind of competing mm-hmm. with each other on the sure. radio and for sales and stuff. So, you know, there was kind of a gentleman's club rule there that, okay, J.D. wrote it, he wants it on his album. But they performed it live because it fit with their sound, and he was fine with that. Uh, now, when the Eagles were working on their first new album in a very long time, roughly 28 years between the long run and Long Road Out of Eden, um, Glenn Fry's children stumbled upon a video on YouTube of the Eagles performing for a TV special in Holland. Hmm. They performed the song, How Long, on the show. And Glenn Fry's wife asked him if they ever recorded it. And he said no and explained the story that I just explained about J.D. Souther. And she said, this sounds like a classic Eagles hit. You should record it and put it on your new album. And Glenn Fry was like, wow. you know what? <laughs> As usual, the wife is right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and if you listen to this song, it sounds like it could have been on the debut album. Okay. It's crazy. In, in 2007 that they recaptured that magic in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, Good pick. So, yeah, number four is How Long. Okay. Over to Charlie. All right, so my number five, <laughs> uh, I'm going to steal from Kilo's book here. Mm-hmm. His first song is my number five, and that's Take It Easy. Oh, take it easy now. the first album. Um, so, Kilo uh, talked about that song wonderfully, so I'm not going to add anything to that other than the line in the song, Standing on a Corner in Winslow, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, Winslow, Arizona is actually off of Route 40. And this little town actually created a park there, and the park has been there since 1999. It's a tourist destination, oh, no yeah. and they actually host a festival there every year. Get out. I don't know if it's a music festival, I just said it was a festival, but um, very, very fascinating. But they also have a mural of the town, um, a mural with the name of the town and with a statue of a guy on standing on the corner, and that mural was damaged by a fire in 2004. So the Eagles donated a signed guitar <laughs> that was raffled off, you know, to help in repair, you know, the mural. That's so cool. Hmm, so cool. That is yeah, cool. they... Uh, Winslow, they Arizona. <laughs> Winslow, Arizona. So Fine you, sight. <laughs> Winslow, we're giving you a shout out. Uh, so that was my number five, Take It Easy, off their first album, The Eagles. Nice. All right. For five for me, I'm going right to where Kilo was earlier, and that's all 55. Mm. Um, one thing he does know, I'm a big Tom Waits fan. Oh, yeah. So as I was going through on, on the border, that song popped on, and I immediately just had a smile. I was like, wow. The Tom Waits song yeah. being covered by the Eagles was yeah. shocked. He did mention, and I think it has to be mentioned again, how good Al Perkins sounds on this song. I mean, that's what really sets this one you know, apart from Tom Waits' version is great pedal steel work. Yeah. Um, Lyrically, I mean, it's just Tom Waits all over. I mean, you could never have pictured Fry writing, or or you know Henley writing lickety splitly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just very, yeah, very yeah. Waitsy lyrics. So <laughs> yeah, very much enjoyed the track. Kilo covered it very well. So yep, that's where I went. Number five. Excellent. Old five five at number five. At number five. Pull the Charlie. Yeah. Pull the Charlie. Take care of all Charlie. Got to keep your eye on him. <laughs> All right. Well, my number five, uh, I believe this is the first entry that I have on my perfect album from their landmark album, Hotel California. Uh, It is not the title track. Uh, It is a pretty well-known song of theirs, though, called New Kid in Town. That's Mm -hmm. my number five. Now, actually, this this song also started with J.D. Souther. 
Um, it's co-written with him as well. Um, it is about the hungry, young, up-and-coming bands that were looking to take the Eagles' place. The new kid in town. Um, this song has a great mid-tempo groove. Now, there was a rumor at one point that the song was written about Bruce Springsteen, who was an up-and-comer. Hmm. Um, but J.D. Souther adamantly denies that claim, says it's not true. Um, speaking of Bruce Springsteen, if you look back to our other podcasts, <laughs> we did our Perfect Springsteen album. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go back and check it out. Uh-huh. Um, now, the overlapping harmonies on this song were so complex and beautiful that the song won for Best Vocal Arrangement at the Grammys. Awesome. Uh, it's just a beautiful song. It really slid into my number five really well right before the the uh, side A is about to end here in a little bit for me. So number five is New Kid in Town. Over to Charlie. All right. So following up Take It Easy on number with number five, I wanted to, again, my, my last song on my side A, I wanted to have a banger. Um, and for me, this song... Again, I, I go back to one of these nights, that album, um, and that's Take It to the Limit. Because if you're going to take it easy, <laughs> you might as well then take, take it, it to, to the, the limit, limit, right? Oh, take, take. <laughs> Randy Meisner sang lead on this song. Um, and my favorite lyric on this song is, So put me on a highway. Sing it loud. Here it goes. And show me a sign. And take it to the limit one more time. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, just a great, great song. Um, and again, I wanted a, a strong, strong song to end my side A. And Take It Easy just flowed right into Take It to the Limit. And I don't know if that was, you know. <laughs> truly a double take. Truly yeah. a double take. But, uh, it just fit there. And that's why I had it my number six. So, Beautiful. Bravo. What do you got? Beautiful song. All right. For number six, I'm going back to Hotel California mm-hmm. with Pretty Maids All on a Row. I enjoyed the song, but found it fascinating when I was researching it. Bob Dylan in a June 14th, 2020 interview, so this is recent, and it was in a New York Times interview, says, this could be one of the best ever when talking about this song. Wow. So, I mean. That's high <laughs> Dylan, yeah. yeah. I mean, can it get much better than that? Wow. Um, Joe Walsh says it was a melancholy reflection of his life up to that point when he wrote it. So, I mean, I thought that was a unique look at the way Walsh seen it. I like the line, why do we give our hearts to the past, and why do we have to grow up so fast? Mm. Oh, that's such a good, you know, especially at the age I'm at now where you start doing the uh, midlife crisis. Reflecting. You start <laughs> reflecting on everything and going, what happened? Yeah. So I thought this is a well-written song by Joe, just kind of touching on all that. And so. personal for you, too. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Nice. You, Kilo. You're too young for a midlife oh, crisis, bro. I'm getting there, Brian. man. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm telling you. No clues. No clues. <laughs> You'll know. You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> um, well, you know, this This just goes back to what I said in the intro, by the way, folks, about how the, the multiple writers, multiple lead singers, I mean, you got Joe Walsh there. I mean, mm-hmm. we had Bernie Ledden earlier, uh, Randy Meisner. Uh, mm-hmm. Have we even had a, a Don Henley lead vocal yet on any of our albums? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's uh, that's crazy, come to think of it. Well, Hotel um, California for me. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Duh, yeah. No. yeah. Um, so, all right, well... I'm going to steal from Charlie, and I'm going to steal it at the exact same spot. So we Ooh. almost had the true trifecta Ooh. here, folks. I screwed it up. My yeah, fault. This time you screwed it up. I did last time. <laughs> uh, so my number six is Take It to the Limit. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, the Eagles have many popular, beautiful ballads, but I would have to say this might be their best ballad ever. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Mm. 
now there is a very high note at the end of this song that was not always easy for Randy Meisner to hit in concert. And if you listen to as the song is fading out on the album, oh my gosh, you could hear the dogs come barking down the street and running, <laughs> running towards the house when you hit this note. I mean, this is a... Like Mariah Carey. I was just going to say, yeah. this is like a Mariah Octans. Carey note. Oh, man. Wow, a little Mariah reference there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this actually caused some tension between Glenn Fry and Randy Meisner because there were nights that Meisner was really begging them to take the song out of the set. Hmm. And Glenn Fry's thinking, this is one of our best songs and one of our most mm. beloved songs, and people want to hear it and sing along, like, suck it up, buttercup, hit, <laughs> hit the note. Um, so this actually caused a lot of mental strife for Randy Meisner and yeah. was a portion of what led to him Ooh. leaving the band. That's crazy. Um, but, I mean, oof, you want to talk about, hey, and I'm a bass player, so... For a bass player to sing a lead vocal that's that high and that yeah. beautiful, I tip my hat to him. I, I I couldn't touch most of those notes with a 10-foot pole. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. So take it to the limit. I thought it was a great way to end Side A, and so did Charlie. Yeah. So uh, we're going over to Charlie. We're going to do a Side A recap. Of course. My, my first six songs on my perfect album picks for the Eagles. Journey of the Sorcerer, Hotel California, Heartache Tonight, Those Shoes... Take it easy, take it to the limit, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, would you? Yeah, my six were Try and Love Again, Train Leaves Here This Morning, My Man, Take the Devil, Old 55, and Pretty Little Maids on a Row. All right, that's a great side A, both of you. Uh, my side A is Take It Easy, One of These Nights, Old 55, How Long, New Kid in Town. And take it to the limit. So over to Charlie for start side, side B. Side B. So my song seven is actually off Long Road Out of Eden. Um, Ooh, and, and like Kilo said, I, I um, was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked this album uh, for being 20 songs. Hmm. So my song seven is actually, again, off that album, and it's called Somebody. Mm. This is a hard charger. Yeah. Great singing by by Glenn Fry in this yeah. song, mm-hmm. and my favorite lyric: "There's a jack o' lantern moon in the midnight sky. Somebody gonna live, somebody <laughs> gonna die, but down in the graveyard on that old tombstone, there's a big black crow, and it's calling you home." Wow. Just a great, great lyric. Um, and again, a, a very underrated album for them, in my opinion. And on that album, of course, that is my, you know, the most underrated song. Again, the best song that I felt on that album. And that's song seven, Somebody. Yeah, he, he sings the crap out of that he song. Does. He mm-hmm. does. He's got such a growl in that yep. song. <laughs> for my number seven, I think this is the first song off this album that we've chosen. That's Desperado. Mm-hmm. Oh. Have, we, have we had anything off this album? I don't think yet? so, no. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm picking Dolan Dalton oh, to start my side B. Good, great. Um, Glenn Fry and Don Henley share lead vocals on this. Yeah, uh-huh. it's yeah. a song about a real life train gang, the Daltons, yeah. that worked in the uh, Oklahoma area, robbing trains. Jackson Brown has a songwriting credit, as Kilo mentioned earlier. He was uh, living in the apartment downstairs, so him and Glenn Fry got together on this one and yeah. put this together. So. That's where I'm going to go with number seven is Dolan Dalton. Oh, Great choice. Ed Kilo. Great Desperado choice. album finally yeah. shows its face. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Good to hear. Well, my number seven, again, this is starting our side B with track seven, folks, on our vinyl concept for our perfect albums. 
So I'm dropping the needle on side B, and what do you hear but the majestic, beautiful Hotel California. Ah. Yep. Now, this song started as a four-track guitar demo by guitarist Don Felder before the rest of the band, you know, helped with the lyrics and finished everything like Don Henley and Glenn Fry tend to do. When you're in the Eagles, you bring something in, they grab it and finish it for you, which mm -hmm. it worked out pretty well for everyone. Uh, but the demo of this song, just the music initially, Don Felder titled the song Mexican Reggae. It's probably good that they changed it to Hotel California. I think it probably <laughs> caught on a little better. Um, now, Charlie touched on this earlier, but this song can be seen to be about you know materialism, excess, mm -hmm. and the dark underbelly of the, the American dream. That's how Don Henley was quoted about it. Mm -hmm. um, and the unbelievable epic legendary dual guitar solo that ends this song um it took three full days in the studio for don felder and joe walsh to get it just right mm. and man did they get it just right um i mean what else can you say <laughs> if you've never heard the song hotel california you probably don't even know how to use a phone or a computer and don't know how to get to this podcast anyway <laughs> so um uh, but that's number seven hotel california sounds good um my number eight is going back to the long run again. Um, I, I really wow. like this album. Um, and that song is In the City. Ooh. <laughs> um, I did not know this, but Joe Walsh had actually already written this song. Um, and it was originally done for the soundtrack to the 1979 film The Warriors. But obviously the studio album, or the, studio, the song on this is the proper Eagles version of it. Um, my favorite lyric in this song is city streets don't have much pity when you're down. That's where you'll stay. Um, mm. very, very apropos even for this time. Um, and that song was, you know, done back in 35 years ago. So, um, just a great, great song. And it, it flew, flowed, flowed nicely after somebody. And so that's why I had it at number eight in the city. Nice. Bravo. What you got? All right. For my number eight, I'm back on, on the border. Yeah. Again, like I said, my favorite, favorite album. Yeah. Yep, it's a song not written by the Eagles. It was actually written by Jack Templin, Attention, and Rob Strangleton, who also wrote "Peaceful Easy Feeling" for oh, the Eagles. Yeah. But this one is already gone. Oh, just absolutely love the sound of it. Again, like I said, new to the Eagles, I just let all the songs flow through, and mm -hmm. this one stood out to me as a real strong track. Yep. I was surprised to hear it wasn't written by them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lyrics, you know that I love you so. I love you enough to let you go. I mean, just a <laughs> another great, great lyric on that album. So yeah, that's where I went with number eight. Good song. Wow. Good song. Bravo, singing his victory song <laughs> at number eight. Very well done. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we just uh, not too long ago mentioned that uh, Desperado wasn't showing up till later on in our albums. So my number eight is the title track from the album, the song Desperado. <laughs> Uh, now, Don Henley wrote some of the pieces for this song in the late 60s, actually, and then Glenn Fry helped him finish the song. As we're seeing a theme here, folks, yeah. one person will have an idea in the band, and then at least one other person, usually Fry and Henley, um, would work together to take a, a germ of an idea, a seed of an idea, and turn it into an absolutely stunning song. Um, now, as I mentioned, it's a title track to their second album. It's a classic song, to put it mildly. Uh, but this song was never released as a single. No? No, it just oh. took off, you know, once they ended up putting just it on the like, greatest hits and, hmm. and, yeah. and compilations and things like that. Um, I think, and this is saying something, folks, uh, 
I think this is one of Don Henley's finest vocal performances ever. I mean, including his solo work, which is great. I just think his voice is stellar on this song. Um, and I just love towards the end of the song where he sings, Let Somebody Love You, and then the background vocals echo it. Let somebody love you. Yeah. It's just, that sounds like a little choir there. It's just, just that one little moment in the song sounds like a little choir. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't see having my perfect album without this song. So my number eight is Desperado. Over to Charlie. Good choice, my friend. Thank so you, my sir. number nine, I back, went back to the album one of these nights. And off that album, the self-titled, one of these nights is my number nine. <laughs> Again, written by Glenn Fry and Don Henley. This song was inspired. Um, yeah, and you talked about it. This was actually on your... Yeah, my um, number two, I think. Yep. Yeah. Al Green and B.B. King were a huge influence on Glenn Fry when he was writing this song. Um, I love the beginning of the song, and I and the drums come in about 30 seconds, and once the drums come in, then that song, it just kind of rolls along. Yeah, um, yeah. Great up. harmony on the chorus. Um, yeah, and, and that's why I, I liked it as much as Kilo did, and that's why I had it at my number nine. Yeah, One it's got of that, these nights. It's got that super high harmony in the uh, chorus now that I think about it. Yes. Oof. And as barbershop singers like you and I, yes. we appreciate it. <laughs> yes, yes, it's been a while, so but yeah, we do love our barbershop. <laughs> Bravo, what you got? All right, my number nine, I'm going through the Long Run album, and I'm going with The Sad Cafe. Oh, um, yes. Found out this song is actually about the Troubadour in Los Angeles and the bands that were trying to make it in there. Um, Glenn, and, uh, Glenn and Don actually met there at the Troubadour. That's where they met, it says. And I like the line, I don't know why fortune smiles on some and lets others go free. I thought that was just, or the rest go free, mm-hmm. I think it says. But it's just mm-hmm. a, really enjoy the idea of the song. I mean, I never looked at the Troubadour or Whiskey Go-Go or all those places like that as places where bands went to die if they couldn't make it. And it's kind of a fascinating idea of it being like a sad cafe in that reason. But yeah. that's the only song I have off the long run as well. Okay. Wow. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Wow, sad cafe. That's a great song. That's Don Henley sings that one. I've it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, great choice. All right. So we're about you know, towards the middle of my side B here, up to my number nine slot. I'm going back to the debut album, folks, mm-hmm. for my number nine. And that's the song, Witchy Woman. <laughs> now, guitarist Bernie Ledden started writing this song when he was still a member of the Flying Burrito Brothers, uh-huh. a favorite of Bravo's. Yes. Um, now, his minor key riff is the centerpiece of the song. Um, Henley wrote the lyrics while he had a high fever and was laid up with the flu. So he was kind of delirious when he wrote this, but it sounds good. (laughs) Um, Now, Henley was quoted as saying it's meant to portray a woman as a seductress, not necessarily in a devilish way, even though it says witchy woman. Um, It's not meant to be derogatory necessarily towards the woman. Just Um, mysterious. Yeah, mysterious (laughs) and seductive. Yep, yep. and I love the stunted guitar punches in the verses. It actually has a slight little reggae feel to it. Yeah. Um, and the background vocals in the verse, um, the yeah. it's just haunting and beautiful. Um, so yeah, always been just a unique song in their discography. Um, I think a fan favorite as well. And yeah, it slides into my numbers nine slot, Witchy Woman. Over to Charlie. All right. So my number 10, uh, I wanted to go a little country because, you know, as we've touched on, I think this is probably their most country-ish, 
bluegrassy song uh, that was in their discography, and that is Midnight Flyer. Mm. And that is off of On the Border. Mm-hmm. It's good just, call. it's such a good song. Um, <laughs> it does cook. <laughs> Bernie Leiden again, um, I didn't know this, he was one of the top banjo players in the country. Um, so Don Henley said he was proud to do a bluegrass <laughs> tune. Because he thought it lent a certain amount of authenticity and credibility to their band. Sure. Yeah, um, and it also showed like their versatility, too. Yeah. Um, Randy Meisner, again, handled the lead vocals on this song. And my favorite lyric, very simple. I paid my dues, and I feel like traveling on. You yeah. know, it, and it feels like this song, it feels like you're riding a train. You know, yeah, it just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so... It's again a very uh, a song that's so strong on the imagery, you know, the lyrics, and uh, that I I just I'm very drawn to songs like that. And for this, it was just I imagine such a fun song to do in the studio. And then again, I I don't know how often they do this live or if this was part of their live set, but if it is, I would love to see it on you know see it on YouTube and see how they did it live because yeah. it's just a great song. And that's why I had it number ten, Midnight Flyer. Wow. Bravo. That's a burn burner. That right is. There. Great is. album, too. I'm yes. going to actually go right back there, too. All right. Cool. Uh, All right. On the Border Against, my fourth time. Yeah. Um, it's You Never Cry Like a Lover. Oh. Okay. Again, lyrically, I love it. Um, basically, sometimes I believe in love, sometimes I doubt it. I mean, I just, again, it goes back to the whole mm-hmm. concept there. But the guitar work on this track is what really, like, I think it was a solo about two thirds of the way through, where I'm just listening to it going, man, it's just a fantastic sound. Um, the whole track just flows really nicely. And again, like I said, it's the fourth time I've gone to that album on a track. Mm-hmm. That whole album to me was just spotless. I mean, that's, to yeah. me, for me, that's my Eagles album. I, yeah. I'm going to continue that to listen to that frequently. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, Kilo. Yeah, On the awesome. Border. A lot, a lot of love for On the Border from what I've noticed yeah. over the years, yep. so nothing wrong with that. Um, all right. Well, again, I almost feel like I should be a little apologetic because I'm picking so many well-known songs, but... It's just songs that I've just grown up with and have spoke to me over the years. And, mm-hmm. But I love how our albums are so different. Um, but um, this might be the first time I'm actually going to this album, which is surprising. But at my number 10, I'm finally going to the album The Long Run, which I do like that album a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number 10 is a beautiful ballad. And it's I Can't Tell You Why. Now, in 1977, Randy Meisner was replaced on bass by Timothy B. Schmidt, who came over from the band Poco. Oh, okay. Now, Meisner was such a great bass player and an extremely talented vocalist with an unbelievable range, high range to his voice. So Timothy B. Schmidt was the perfect replacement. If you had to replace Randy Meisner, which I'm sure they didn't want to do, Schmidt just brought chops on the bass and an absolutely killer voice. Mm-hmm. Such a clean voice. Uh, just, yeah. Angelic, I mean. Yes. <laughs> ugh, so good. Um, now, Schmidt had the song only partially written and didn't really have any sense of urgency about finishing it, apparently. So, of course, Don Henley grabbed it and said, oh, I finished it for you. <laughs> so it worked out well for everyone involved. Um, but, yeah, Schmidt just sings this so well, and it's it's just, just a gorgeous piece of music. Um yeah, so I finally went to the Long Run album, folks. Uh, my number 10 is I Can't Tell You Why. Over to Charlie. All right, so my number 11. Oh, we're getting to the end. Oh, boy. <laughs> so my number 11 is off of one of these nights. 
Uh, and this song is very personal for me, um, and that's kind of why I had it on my album. And that's Lion Eyes. Mm. Um, this song actually came out of the band being at a bar, I think in Hollywood, um, and they all saw this really gorgeous, beautiful woman with this really overweight, old man. <laughs> And Glenn Fry said, oh, you can just see her lion eyes, you know? And, <laughs> you know, like, that's where the song got oh, came from. Man. Um, but my favorite lyric, on the other side of town, a boy is waiting with fiery eyes and dreams no one could steal. She drives on through the night anticipating because he makes her feel the way she used to feel. Um, yeah, just a very, very powerful song. Um personal again for me and uh yeah that's why i had it my number 11 lion eyes bravo all right Mm. my number 11 is going to an album i haven't touched on yet which is long road out of eden i don't know much about this album again i don't know what the critical uh response to the album is Mm -hmm. mixed i'm getting a shake okay yeah so mixed mixed. i'm going with no more cloudy days oh i just really enjoy again the lyrics on this again they bring some fantastic lyrics in this band yeah but I believe in second chances. I believe in angels too. I believe in new romances. Baby, I believe in you. A little campy, but I mean, again, just really, really well written out. Again, my number 11 is usually where I slide something in to go into my closer. So I thought it just sounded really nice in that spot. And I, you know, like I said, it sang well and written well. So number 11. Nice. There you go. Nice, bravo. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, my number 11. I'm going back to their landmark album, Hotel California. Well, I already used the title track, so it's not that. Uh, I'm going to go with a song I'm surprised I have not heard mentioned yet, but there's still time, I guess. Um, but I'm going with Life in the Fast Lane for my number 11. Uh, now, this song started with Joe Walsh playing that legendary crazy guitar riff. Uh, it's so crazy, I can't even sing it right um, He was doing that at a rehearsal. And it was either Henley or Fry said, oh, what's that? I was like, oh, just something I you know, have and came up with. And they were like, okay, well, we need to make that into a song. <laughs> um, and they were clearly right to make that decision. Um, now, Glenn Fry came up with the title when he was riding in the car with a friend of his who was driving. So Glenn was the passenger. So his friend got into the left lane and sped up to over 80 miles per hour. And Fry said, hey, man, slow down. And his friend was like, hey, man, it's life in the fast lane. And he was like, Ding. "Okay, I want to make sure I remember that." Now, back then you didn't have a back then you didn't have a cell phone that you yep. could, you know, make a little note, right. note to self, yourself, note to like self. I do. But yeah. Um, now, my favorite lyric in the song comes near the beginning of the song, where um, Don Henley sings, "He was brutally handsome, she was terminally pretty." Mm. Just a great lyric. That is a great lyric. Um, but you want to talk about? I know I say this word a lot, but you want to talk about a song that cooks. Yeah, there's a lot of cooking going on here at my number 11 slot. Um, And that'll lead nicely into my number 12, which may end up being a surprise to a lot of people what I choose for my closer. But we'll get there in a moment. So my number 11, Life in the Fast Lane. All right. So to end my album, and as I look at my album, (laughs) I really notice like my side A was more of their rock and roll side. And then my side B is more like I end my last three songs, kind of more country-ish, you know. 
And so I kind of feel like that's again like the the, the synopsis of, of the Eagles as a band. You know, they can they can rock it if they can if they want to, and they can do that very well. But they can also country it very very well. So yeah. my last song, um, Kilo mentioned earlier in his album, and that is off the album Desperado uh, that came out in 1973, and that's the self-titled Desperado. Mm, nice closer. Um, yeah, it, it is probably their best ballad that they do, in my opinion. Um, I thought it was interesting that the list of artists that have covered this song include mm. Kenny Rogers, oh. The Carpenters, Bonnie Raitt, and Ringo Starr. Oh, Ringo! Ringo! Wow. And this was also, which I think, uh, for me, after I found this out, and I didn't know this before I picked this as my last song, but again, I kind of worked out. This was the last song the Eagles performed in concert with Glenn Frey. Oh, wow. Mm. It closed out their show in Bossier City, Louisiana, which I have not been to, on July 29th, 2015, and that was the last stop on their tour. Mm. Um, the orchestra kicks in around the one-minute mark in this song. Oh, yeah. um, you better let somebody love you, for mm. it's too late. Mm -hmm. um, it's just wow, a great, great song. Um and I, I, I felt it to be very appropriate to end my album, and that's why I had it at number 12. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. My number 12 is a song off of One of These Nights, and it's Hollywood Waltz. Oh. Again, the, the lyrics, learn, learn how to love her with all of her faults. She gave more than she's taken, and, and I'll go down doing the Hollywood Waltz. I thought it was just kind of a cool, that last line, you know? Yeah. I'll go down doing the Hollywood Waltz. Love the sound of the song. Like the way it ended my album when I listened to it through the full, you know, the full way through. All right. Again, not sure, you know, what the, the opinion of this song is in, in Eagle Land, but for me, it was just a fantastic track. Nice. Number 12. Kilo. Well done. All right. Well, my number 12, my final track on my Perfect Eagles album, I'm going to the album One of These Nights, mm. and I'm actually very surprised that I decided to choose a song to close my album mm -hmm. that is not sung by Don Henley, not sung by Glenn Fry. It is sung by Bernie Ledden, mm. and it's a song called I Wish You Peace. Mm. Now, Ledden co-wrote this song with his girlfriend, Patty Davis. Patty Davis is known because she is the daughter of former president Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and the two of them wrote the song together. Now, Don Henley disliked the song, or at least that's what he told the media. Mm. He said it was not up to the Eagles' standards, and he only allowed it to be on the album to keep peace in the band. Ironically, the song called I Wish You Peace. <laughs> um, now, Bernie Ledden sings lead on this song, and it's understated and beautiful. I don't, I don't know. I love Don Henley, but I don't know what he's thinking if he genuinely didn't like the song. Um, I wonder deep down if Henley was just jealous of the simple beauty of the song and mm -hmm. he wished he'd written it himself, maybe. Yeah. Um, but there's great lyrics in the song and they're very appropriate for 2020 folks. So I quote, I wish you peace when times are hard, the light to guide you through the dark. And when storms are high and your dreams are low, I wish you the strength to let love grow on. I wish you the strength to let love flow. We really need those words mm -hmm. in 2020, folks. So maybe check that song out. Um, I wish you peace ends my Perfect Eagles album. 
That's so, a good let's, ender. thanks. Let's go around and do the recaps, Charlie. Right, your so whole album. My perfect album. And, and B sides. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, as I said, I, I was very surprised going back through one of these nights for me. I, I had gotten my songs, I had gotten down to 19 songs to dwindle down to my 12. And six of those 19 were off one of these nights. Nice. So, that was clearly. Um, my album that I went to for the most, and then Long Run was second. Mm-hmm. So my recap, uh, my number one song, Journey of the Sorcerer. Number two was Hotel California, Heartache Tonight, Those Shoes, Take It Easy, Take It to the Limit. And then my side B, number seven, Somebody, In the City, One of These Nights, Midnight Flyer, <laughs> Lion Eyes, and Desperado. Bravo. All right. Oh, and then, oh I'm yeah, sorry. B-sides, yeah. And then my B-sides are Take the Devil off the their self-titled first album. Great choice. Wasted Time. Oh, uh, another Hotel California. Yeah. And then on off a long road of Eden, The Frail Grasp on the Big Picture. Oh, that's a great song. That's a great song. <laughs> like, I, yeah. That was a real hard one for me not to be on, but that was my honorable mention. That my, that's one my of my B-sides. favorite songs on that album. So that good. double album. Yeah. Yep. Bravo, what you got? Yep, for me, I went with Try and Love Again. Train leaves this. Uh, train leaves here this morning. My man, take the devil. All fifty-five, pretty maids in a row. Dolan Dalton, already gone. The sad cafe. You never cry like a lover. No more cloudy days in Hollywood waltz. Wow. My B sides are wasted time. Mm-hmm. You are not alone. And King of Hollywood. Wow, All great, right. great album. All right, <laughs> excuse me. My perfect Eagles album. Side A. Take it easy. One of These Nights, Old 55, How Long, New Kid in Town, Take It to the Limit. Side B, Hotel California, Desperado, Witchy Woman, I Can't Tell You Why, Life in the Fast Lane, and I close with I Wish You Peace. My B-sides are The Best of My Love, Mm -hmm. Oh Sweet Darling, Um, Heartache Tonight, Right there yeah. on the swing set with you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and another Charlie favorite in the city is my go. other B-side. So that's the perfect albums for us for the Eagles, folks. Um, again, please check us out on Instagram. It's KCB Music Den. And go to our Facebook page and please post in the comments your perfect album. Uh, do you want to go over the sponsors for me quick, Charlie? Absolutely. So we are sponsored by Raw Outfitters. RawOutfitters.com. That's R-A-W-R. Um, for all your back-to-school needs, go there. And then also, uh, roosterstone.com. Um, Keith is in that band, and they are awesome. And then also check out um, Rooster Productions on Instagram. Yep, the Rooster friend, Productions. The Rooster Productions yep. on Instagram. Yep. Um, anything you'd like to add, Bravo, before no, I... I mean, it, it was a fun learning experience yeah. going through these albums, so Absolutely. I did enjoy it. A very a creative album from the Eagles newbie here. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't kill <laughs> me. No, no, no. And we didn't Fresh have that many repeats. It was really, like, I, we did a really good job of individualizing our albums. Yeah, and I think... It really wasn't that many repeats. I think all three of us had at least one song from Long Road Out of Eden, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, the general consensus is that it should have been a single album. It would have been a much stronger single album. But you know what? I mean, they had all those songs. It was 20-some years till they yep. recorded again. Right. They had them there. Why not record them? Use I mean, them. I'm, I'm glad we have them, you know. Yep. Some strong songs are stronger than others, but you could say that about any album. Yep. Well, especially, too, having the hindsight that they haven't released anything since then. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, obviously, Glenn Fry passed away. Right. So, um, yeah. And, uh, by the way, the Eagles still continue on and tour with uh, Glenn's son, 
Um, and I think Vince Gill has sat in with the band mm-hmm. at certain points, and uh, someone else that's escaping me, a famous yeah. person, um, musician. But um, all right, well, that's the Eagles. Uh, that was episode six. So coming up next week, we are really looking forward to this. Um, I believe a uh, favorite band of all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to tackle in episode seven next week, folks, Pearl Jam. So that's going to be excruciating to get it down to 12 <laughs> songs. Um, but we're going to do that. So this is KCB Music Den signing off. Uh, thank you for listening. Please spread the word on social media. Uh, the more the merrier. And we will see you next week for Eddie Vetter and the Boys, Pearl Jam. Thanks. <laughs>